0: Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smart and eyes. Today's episode Talk Nerdy to Me. I'd never been to a science fiction or fantasy convention before. They always kind of seemed like good, silly fun, but really didn't interest me all that much, and I just never got around to going to any of them. So two weeks ago, I headed to Atlanta for Dragon Con. Going to Dragon Con as your first sci-fi convention is sort of like having Jenna Jameson as your first lover. It's a heck of a way to pop your cherry. This thing is spread out across three hotels in downtown Atlanta. I haven't been able to find accurate numbers but I heard about 60,000 people were there. A little less than half of them were in costume. And we're not talking cheap costumes, kind of things that you picked up last year at Target for 20 bucks. These are richly elaborate detailed clothing and props. There were characters from Star Wars and Star Trek, Babylon 5, Harry Potter, Doctor Who, a lot of Serenity and Firefly people, various video games, The Watchmen, The Crow, V for Vendetta, The Incredibles, Steam Boy, Stargate SG-1, Battlestar Galactica, few people dressed up as members of KISS, really big elaborate costumes. There were lots and lots of Pirates of the Caribbean, there were DC Comics heroes, Superman, Supergirl, and Batman. And Superman and Supergirl, there was a, at one of the hotels, you had big marble steps going up, and then off to the side, big hunks of, of granite that were mostly there for decoration. And once when I walked by, there's Superman and Supergirl and Batman all just standing there posing, and it was a windy day, their capes were blowing in the wind, it looked great. I was surprised that there weren't any X-Men. But there were people from the movie The 300, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Ghostbusters, there was a cookie monster, a flying spaghetti monster, and lots and lots of fairies and zombies. And these fairies, these were just, in most cases, just gorgeous women, dressed in spandex and tight clothes, and their wings were a real pain in the ass in the elevators, but nobody really cared. And the zombies, there were zombies all over the place. Lots and lots of zombies. There was a zombie party there. There were so many zombies. I got so used to seeing zombies stumbling around that on the way home from the convention, while I was waiting in Penn Station, somebody limped by. And I thought, ooh, a zombie from Dragon Con. Well, you know, it was just somebody with a limp. Uh, I kind of, kind of felt silly, especially when it happened the second time. Now, some people just wore t-shirts. The most popular t-shirt that I saw, one of the vendors there was selling it, saw a lot of women wearing this. It was just a black t-shirt with white lettering that said on their chest, there's no need to look here. These are not the breasts you're looking for. And somebody was walking around with a shirt that said, there are 10 kinds of people in the world, those who understand binary and those who don't. And I thought, you know what? This is one of the few places in the world where everybody that looks at that shirt is going to get the joke. I was there for all four days, but there were some people who just came like on a Saturday or Sunday. You could get badges. You had these these big laminated badges that you had to wear everywhere. And you could get a badge just for any particular day. And people who only were there for one day were referred to by some folks as one-day badgers. And I thought, hmm, that almost sounds like a superhero, the one-day badger. What would his power be? I think it would be the power to make fun of other people's costumes because of inconsistencies and errors in them. He could find things that were wrong and then badger them about it. Oh, you're dressed like the Tom Baker doctor who, but you've got the Christopher Eccleson sonic screwdriver. That's not right. You're dressed in 15th century chain mail, but that's a 17th century weapon you're carrying. The convention was spread across three hotels, and there were all kinds of different shows and tracks going on. There were a lot of meet-the-star things for Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek, and most of these were autograph sessions where you had to pay between $20 or $30, depending on the star power, to get a signature and a 15-second interaction with the star. And a lot of these had lines that extended all the way outside the hotel and all around the hotels. And and I don't collect signatures. And even if you could get inside for free, standing outside in the Georgia heat for two hours for a 15-second interaction with somebody, really wasn't my idea of a good time. I did get to go to uh, a couple of the little... Um, actually little, they were big, huge halls where there were panels with some of the folks from Babylon 5 and from Battlestar Galactica. But I spent most of my time in some of the other tracks that they had going on. There were dozens of them. Not only tracks for uh, gaming and for every brand of science fiction, but there were tracks for writing and costuming and building fighting robots. There was a skeptic track that I spent a lot of time in. That was really well attended, a lot of people in there a science track, an EFF track, and, of course, a podcasting track. And, of course, that was my excuse for going there, was to participate in the podcasting track by presenting the Podcast Peer Awards on Sunday night. Now, in the preparation for the Podcast Peer Awards, I had this really nice PowerPoint presentation. I had spent three nights on it. I had checked it. I had double-checked it. I had it down perfect. I had clips that people had sent in. Some audio clips and some video clips for folks who weren't able to attend. And they were all nicely linked in there and it worked fine. I had it on a thumb drive. I checked to see that it would work for PowerPoint ninety seven, PowerPoint two thousand, open office. I put most of it on a smaller thumb drive that wouldn't fit all of it, but I had my spare thumb drive and even just in case something really weird happened, I had it in a hidden spot on my website so that i could download it from there if i needed to i'm all set and i told the folks that were running it gee i need a pc to plug this into they said no problem we've got lots of them i get there and they had macintoshes well this shouldn't be a problem of course the wonderful mighty macintosh is compatible with everything isn't it and there was a microsoft office right there with powerpoint on the macintosh so we hooked the whole thing up and they, And although the show was on Sunday and I had really planned on trying to make everything work well before that, it was just too much going on and I didn't. So it's about mm, half an hour before the show and I plug the thing in and it pops up just fine on the wonderful Macintosh and it won't play any of the clips. It won't play the audio clips. It won't play the video clips. It won't play anything. So we're messing around and running around and trying to. Somebody else had a, a PC. We tried hooking it up to the PC, didn't have the right codecs. We said, well, here we've got the powerful Macintosh. We can just play the clips by themselves in other windows, right? It had all the codecs, it had everything it should have, and it wouldn't work for any of them. So we just ended up playing the sound, even from the video clips that people had sent, which was okay. I mean, they were kind of, most of them were like talking heads, 30-second things. But man, the next time uh, somebody goes on a religious tirade about how wonderful the Mac is, look them right straight in the eye and say, bite me. Well, anyhow, the awards went great. The awards were fun. Uh, Someone did taped the whole thing, and they taped it from the audience, which is kind of cool because you get the audience response in there and uh, not just what went through the boards. And I will put a link to that on the show notes on the website. The whole thing, the whole Dragon Con experience was really pretty amazing. It was an enormous amount of fun, a whole lot of people, uh, just everybody having a good time, having fun, um, it didn't matter if, you know, how old you were, how young you were, didn't matter. Everybody was just having a great time. The only time I think I heard any rough words were people swearing, waiting for the elevators because the elevators were a real nightmare to get off and on and, and find a spot on. But I come home from this and I'm buzzing from it. And I said, wow, gee, I got all these pictures. I'm going to put these pictures up. And people will see just how much fun it is. And I look at the pictures, and they were pretty much just pictures of people standing there in nice costumes. It really didn't do anything to catch the buzz. Didn't really do anything to capture the vibe of the whole thing. But if you want to see them, some of them are up on the Quick Hits blog, which is uh, DaveHit.com/blog2 and you can go there and take a look at them and i just put up one batch of them i'll probably put up another batch of them a little later on if i get some time to to uh, photoshop them and clean them up a little bit now it strikes me there's not a lot of smartenizing material here except that all computers suck and that goes for pcs as well as macintoshes and i was thinking about doing something about. The thing that we can all learn from geeks is just do what you want to and don't spend a lot of time worrying about other people thinking that you're silly or ridiculous. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a geek, too. So I'm not going to go into that in any great extent and just say, folks, if you want to have a really good time, if you want to go to a convention that's, uh, that's just a blast from beginning to end, stop on down next year to the Dragon Con because we'll probably do another podcast Pure Awards and and maybe just maybe we can meet up there and I'll buy you a beer and that's it for this episode of Quick Hits, if you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind or even if you can just understand something from a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it congratulations, you've been Smartinized <laughs> Time for the closing comments, my friends. Email that people have sent on in. Oh, by the way, you can send email too. You Just send it to hitman at davehit.com. And you can get the correct spelling of that in the MP3 tags of this file. Or you can go to davehit.com, spell with two T's. And you'll find it there on most pages. And you'll find lots of other stuff there. that Things have been going on since 99. A lot of abandoned areas there. But there might be some things in there that uh, you'll find interesting. Here's an email from M.T. McPhee writing about the episode on journalistic bias. I think there's a far more insidious journalistic bias than the left-right dichotomy that you discussed. It is my guess that most quick hitters wouldn't have too much trouble deciding left-right bias. What is much harder to get a handle on is how accurate is the news we get compared to what is actually happening. Let me share the story that opened my eyes It's the late 60s. I'm attending the University of Calgary, which at the time was a small school in a small city. The Students' Union managed to get a Black Panther to come and speak in a special midday presentation. This was a really big deal. Calgary was a perfect white Scottish Protestant community. Really, the only black folks in town played as imports for the Calgary Stampeders Football Club. So, Black Panther was a pretty dangerous late 60s student power challenge to the establishment kind of thing. The fear on campus was palpable, but the attraction to something pretty dangerous was unavoidable. The hall was packed to the rafters. The Panther spent nearly 90 minutes talking about Panther after school programs, meal supplement programs, preschool tune up programs, pregnancy care programs, postpartum care programs. Job training and counseling programs, etc., etc., etc. I was not really in a position to judge all this, but it sure sounded like truth to me. No, it was not. I'm sure the whole truth, but it sure sounded right. That is true. Actually, the, the Panthers did start out as a uh, as a pretty uh, positive organization. He continues. I must say that I and everyone else in the room had a new, far more positive outlook on the Panther organization then at the very end of the presentation the panther said something to the effect that if whitey thinks he can come in and dismantle all the things we're doing then we will meet him in the streets with guns guess what the news reports all said yep panthers swear to shoot or similar not one word about what happened for 89 minutes of the talk or what the panthers were doing on the street in watts just the one minute sensational headline was that part of the news? Yep. Was it accurate compared to what was actually happening? Not even close. Isolated incident? Not in my experience. I've been involved peripherally in several news stories, and centrally in a couple, and all but one have used the sensationalism principle over fair and balanced reporting. Unless you were there, you cannot know what actually happened, and left, right, or center have little or nothing to do with it, I think. Maybe next time I'll rip you a new one for your brain-dead ideas on health care. Smiley face. That was from uh, Mike McPhee. Well, Mike, first of all, feel free to rip into me for anything I say. If everyone agreed with me, it would certainly be a rather dull world, especially for me. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been there too. Uh, I've, you know, talked, and, talked to a reporter for 10 minutes and then had one thing taken out of context that was entirely the opposite of the point that i was making or what i was trying to say that's one reason why if you're smart and nice you need different news sources read the same story from different news sources and that doesn't solve the problem but i think it helps out at least some here's an email from the land down under hey dave I re-listened to all of your podcasts in the last few days and I'm enjoying them. They offer just as much the second time as the first. Well, thank you. The thing that I like most is the intimate nature of your podcast. You address every one of your listeners individually, a quality that turns a good program to a great program. Also, you address the matter in a way that is not exclusive in its target audience. I should know. I am a 17-year-old Australian male and I'm guessing not your target. Well, yeah, actually, you are my target. My target is real simple, and I hope this doesn't sound uh, flip or arrogant, but my target is smart people, and I'm assuming that you, as a listener, are a smart person, and you may disagree with me, but because you're smart, I can't waste your time, and I can't bullshit you, and I've got to make my points in a manner that is intelligent and entertaining at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, since you're a smart person, you definitely are my target audience. The topics of your podcast tend to be region-specific, but its themes are consistent throughout the Western world. I also find that U.S. affairs tend to have a runoff effect to my own nation's politics, so it pays to stay informed. Well, all I can do for that is apologize, because the U.S. exports not only the good stuff, but also some really horrible ideas, and uh, I've seen some a lot of nonsense that started here in the U.S. that has spread to England and Australia and all over the place, and, and uh, although it's not my fault, I can say that I am truly sorry for that. He signs off, cynical for democracy's sake, Heathcliff. I like that. Now, again, this kid's pretty smart, uh, cynical for democracy's sake, I think. Probably the best thing that you can do for democracy and freedom is to have a cynical attitude because you just got to question things. For those of you who who think that cynicism is a bad thing, uh, well then try skepticism, which is similar and uh, just says, I'm not going to accept anything until you prove it to me. And last off, a very short email from someone who calls himself Zeus Legion, he says, Please do the cast weekly or daily. I've listened to all the shows and need another fix. Obey the law of supply and demand. Well, thanks for the compliment. But first of all, the law of supply and demand only applies to economics. And since I'm not getting paid for this, I can skirt around it that way. And if people were paying, say, uh, a buck a download or or ten cents a download even, I'd find a way to do it a little more often, probably. But... The reason that I do it every two weeks is, uh, for one thing, it keeps it fun, keeps it from being tedious, and secondly, uh, I don't have all that many good ideas. If I were to do a weekly show, uh, at least a significant number of them would be uh, not all that good. And if I were to do a daily show, uh, you'd be lucky to get one good one out of every uh, eight or ten of them. But I thank you for the email. Again, I love hearing from everybody, and you know how to get in touch with me. The music that you're hearing in the background is done by the Aquamarines, who have generously given me permission to use it, as long as I mention them once in a while. They're at theaquamarines.com, where you can get this piece of music and their other stuff. Uh, I think they actually have some that you can just download, but uh, you can also buy their CD. And never forget, my friends, that the Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously.